Yeah, so I heard about this Bitcoin thing once. I heard some internet money that people are using. It's like the tulips. The tulip bubbles, yeah. It's tulips on the digital age. What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Ben here for an episode of Rabbit Hole Recap with our boy Matt O'Dell. Matt, what's going on? Life's good. We've been sitting here just like doing research for the last hour. We were supposed to start this an hour ago. We've just been sitting here shooting the shit about everything that's been going on. Big week inside and outside of Bitcoin. Well, we ate lunch first. Did eat lunch. We came back here. Uh, yeah, are we allowed to talk about what we talked about at lunch? It's been a good day. No, I don't think so. Yeah, okay. Sleeper project. Sleeper project. Nothing too... Er, could be very fu- cool, actually. Could be fucking awesome. Um, yeah, before we jump into it, we got a lot to talk about today. Price, of course, as always, been pumping a little bit in the last hour or so. We're at uh, $8,231.70, according to the Trade Block XBX Index. According to my node, we're at block 580,571, and there are currently 24,181 transactions in the mempool, higher than where we were last week. This episode of Tales of the Crypt was brought to you by the Cash App. You freaks know all about them. Uh, first P2P app in the App Store, which has also been the number one finance app in the App Store for the last two years, is now allowing you to buy Bitcoin, helping you stack sats, helping you save money at merchants with their boost program. Go get that uh, personalized boost card. Put a Bitcoin on it. Put your signature on it. Get that. And they just added more merchants this this week. They added Dash, DoorDash, excuse me, and Popeyes. I noticed pretty pretty boss additions to the boost list. Uh, again, I use my boost every day. Have you ever used DoorDash? I have never used DoorDash, but I might be uh, inclined to now that it's fifteen percent off via the boost. Just, that's a good reason. That's a good reason. I have never used it either. Um, I'm Postmates guy myself. Yeah. Or Grubhub. Seamless. Yeah, Seamless. Seamless and Grubhub are like one company now, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, not talking about other apps. We're talking about the Cash App. Go to your local <laughs> <laughs> go to your local app store and download the Cash App today. Google Play Store, Apple, iTunes. Um, your number one finance app on both Android and Apple. Pretty badass. For like five months now or six months now? Two years. Crazy. Two years? Yes. That's insane. Two years. Um, and you can buy Bitcoin through it. That's crazy. No one talks about that enough. Yeah. Oh, wait. And let's, uh, this is not part of the ad rate or anything, but let's give a shout out. This isn't even on our list. To Square Crypto, they announced their, their first hire yesterday. Um, Moneyball. Moneyball. Steve, Steve Lee, right? Yep. Yeah. Steve Lee. Uh, he's a PM at Google at one point. Uh, he's a, a product manager type working on UX and stuff like that. Is, uh, a mensch when it comes to that stuff so it seems like a very quality hire for their first open or contribution to to bitcoin yeah seriously impressive dude happy for both of them yeah it's good for bitcoin yeah apparently gary fox didn't last too long big win yeah they they sent out a joke tweet first that they hired a new intern gary fox and then i kind of i kind of dug it with it a name awesome. like Gary Fox, you should be going doing porn. You should it be was, interning at Square. It was spelled F-U-C-H-S, so it was a little bit F-U-C-H-E-S. more... F-U-C-H-E-S. Fuches. Uh, yeah, there you go. Gary Fuches. This <laughs> uh, was a little more subtle. It's your shout out to Gary wherever you are, man. Hope you're doing well. Poor Gary. If you've got a thundercock, maybe you can make it in the porn industry. you got the <laughs> name for it. I don't know if you can follow it up with the anatomy. Uh, we also got sh- three contributor shout outs this week. I actually missed one last week. I'm going to read that first. Um, and that was, uh, American Hoddle. He said, ABA boys always be accumulating much love from American Hoddle. Thanks to that. We got three shout outs. We got three shout outs. One we can't read though. We have to explain why we can't. I love American Hoddle. Yeah. 
Uh, here's our second one. Uh, we're being forced to do a show on July 12th, it looks like. All right, friends. A special shout-out to our homie 100M Satoshi on Twitter, at 100M Satoshi, for coming up with this brilliant idea, Bitcoin by the Blocks Demystified. A special show airing July 12th, where we will cover the basics of Bitcoin. Submit your questions, thoughts, etc., and we will address them all. How is that allowed? How are we allowing people to announce shows that we're doing on our shout-outs? I don't know. This is, this is, you like just announced that show. We didn't. Uh, yeah. This is what anarchy looks like, Matt. I didn't know anything about this. I'm, I'm doing this show. It looks like we're doing the show now. I'm excited. Should we just do this one? Can we? Should we do this one because we didn't? I like specify this idea. that it's in the rules. It was bold. It was bold. I appreciate it. Um, we're definitely going to do it. We're definitely going to do it. Um, maybe we'll have them on too. Yeah. Let's just not make this a habit. Though. I don't want, like. I don't want like people just getting directing shows. Yeah. Well, it, se- it seems like a good idea, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's important. Yeah. Like, if you shill a bad idea, like, we will not we will not shout it out. Yeah, so I guess you could send questions in um, for the July 12th shot. Where are we going to be July 12th? I don't even know where I'm going to be. Uh, well, it's the week after July 4th. Mm-hmm. So it probably won't be away because you, you do the, the nice vacation on July 4th. Yeah, so uh, I'm not really sure what the show is supposed to be. Bitcoin by the blocks demystified, dude. What uh, does that even mean? Do we like pick topics? I, I guess if you guys have any questions about Bitcoin basics that you want to send in, send them in. We'll listen to them, or excuse me, we'll read them. We'll answer them oh, to so the best like of our question abilities. Question and answer show. Yeah, it sounds like it. Oh well, that's a great idea. Okay. Yeah. So if you if you if you shill great ideas in our shoutouts, we will execute on your great ideas. Yes, and so we're gonna execute on this one. So any of you potentially newcomers, uh, newer freaks out there uh, who have basic questions. It seems like this is, uh, this is for, for your rudimentary Bitcoiner or your, your newer Bitcoiner. So if you have any questions, simple questions that you may think is a dumb question, there's no such thing as a dumb question, ask us and, and we'll try to answer it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That'll be awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm as well. A lot to talk about this week. We gotta get, we're going to have like, I think we're going to go over an hour. Oh, we had a third shout out that was. Oh yes, this is true. Basically, like an advertisement for a product. Yeah, an advertisement for a product. Yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah, that's not. We're gonna send the money back. So don't don't try and advertise your product in the shout outs. Yes, please don't. Um, Thank you. And yes, send me an address, and we will send back those satoshis, those sats. Um, yeah, we're the sh- the shout outs just a fun interactive thing that we want to do. Well, I mean, ideally, it'd be great if we could go to a full contributor model, but it's right now it's the accumulation mode and everyone should be, you know, everyone's stacking sats. They want to be spending sats. Yeah, they should be stacking as many sats as possible. And and hopefully when the bull does come, we can switch to a to a full contributor model. We'll see. And like, look at the uh, white rabbit BTC sent us coasters and glasses, Bitcoin, whiskey, whiskey glasses and fucking coasters that are that are laser etched i guess yeah stay humble stack sats that's fucking dope shout out to uh right rap white rabbit btc on twitter huge come up whiskey glasses as well um thank you for that we're we're enjoying whiskey in the glasses right now we're drinking out of the glasses he sent us yeah it's great it was genius he was like everyone's sending you alcohol no one sent you glasses and coasters <laughs> it's a perfect thank you again this is uh, very enjoyable. My wife even likes these. She's uh, she's uh, thinks they fit in aesthetically with the rest of our glassware. So cheers, good good for having the same sort of design think as my wife. Uh, 
Let's get into the topics. What do we want to talk about first? There's a lot to talk about. Um, uh, we could talk about. Let's talk about the this proposed India ban. Yes. Uh, so, in India, there's a proposed ban that's banning all cryptocurrencies, and I believe there's uh, what's being presented is if you get caught using them, there will be a ten year prison sentence. Is that correct? Yes. If you even hold it, right? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just buying or selling or it's possessing. It's possessing. It's so full re- criminalization. Yeah, and this is really uh, pushing pushing Bitcoin's use case to the floor. Like, is it's really going to test whether or not it, the argument of plausible deniability uh, plays out in, in real life? Well, first of all, it's only proposed, and judging from our own country, I imagine. You know, you could just have some, you know, hardcore, super extremist person uh, uh, propose a bill just for PR sake. Right. And then everyone writes articles about it and people that don't know the politics. So it could just be like a fringe, fringe esque bill that has no chance of getting passed or just a proposal. That's very possible. It's just something that somebody saw and wanted to get clicks and it makes a great article yeah it does yeah um but like people should expect it right especially in india i mean india banned large cash bills remember when they had like the lines or they had to trade in their bills yes this is true but this is actually uh an interesting caveat or nuance to the situation in india somebody hopped into my dms we had a conversation about india earlier this week and they were saying historically indians just as a culture culturally are are very good at, at sort of skirting uh, particularly the capital controls laws and and uh, this person in my DMs was talking about uh, like the 200 years of British colony rule they sort of ignored a lot of the laws that they were trying to throw at them anyway and then there's a lot of gold laws obviously as well that's why they love that, gold they yeah, love gold there yeah they go ignored um, so maybe uh, Indian culture will just continue to, to do what it's done best for the last few centuries and, and figure out ways to sort of skirt around these edicts if it even does go through yeah, I mean, I I have nothing but respect for Indians. Um, I I do think that they will probably ban it at some point. They will crack down. I mean, they've been known to crack down in the past. Um, and it's it's super interesting because they are, I think they're the second most populous country in the world, right? Most like populous, yeah, yeah. A billion people or something? Way more than a billion people, yeah. At least 1.2, I believe. That's crazy. And there's like 30 million Bitcoiners right now. So it should be interesting to see how it plays out in India. But like if your government is the type of government that's going to crack down on this stuff, then Bitcoin is, should be more valuable for you. Like well, you live in a society where that is, Bitcoin is absolutely necessary. We wanted to end it on macro talk, but it seems like we're just naturally going to segue into the rest of the macro talk. So India. Yeah, we'll just start with <laughs> macro and then we'll go to big, more Bitcoin focus. Yeah. So like India is just one one case of the government cracking down on Bitcoin, potentially cracking down on Bitcoin in particular. But uh, I wrote about it in the Ben today and have been following sort of the macro events over the, over the course of the last few weeks. And, and things are getting a lot a lot more f- uh, frothy on the international landscape, uh, especially after last weekend. We'll start with Hong Kong. So like in Hong Kong, you have people taking to the streets marching. Uh, I don't. Did we talk about this last week? No, we did not. I don't believe we also, about it's one point three four billion. Yeah. Is is India okay? Yeah. Continue. Um, we did not talk about Hong Kong. 
Yeah, so Hong Kong over the weekend, obviously, I'm sure most of you freaks have seen by this by this point, uh, millions of people or a million plus people in the streets protesting uh, a law that is about to be passed in their local government that would allow extradition of Hong Kongers to China. Um, it is Hong Kongers. That's the correct term. Is it really Hong Kongers? Yes. You yes. looked it up for yeah. the bent? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I but gave them a look. Yeah. So the... Uh, the 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 reason they're hitting the streets is the uh, basically unlawful extradition of of people in Hong Kong, which is supposed to be semi-autonomous from mainland China, and this is not good. This is not bode well um, for the people of Hong Kong or, or people that own real estate in Hong Kong. So another thing uh, that is important to highlight here is that Hong Kong's the most expensive real estate market in the world right now. Uh, you have a lot of Western expats living in Hong Kong, basically. To, depending on this the semi-autonomy of the territory from mainland China. And this extradition law, if passed, would severely uh, uh, impede on that autonomy that exists right now. And people are using it as like a store of value vehicle, too. Yes. Uh, you know, buying real estate in Hong Kong. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, totally respect the protesters out in Hong Kong. It's they amazing. They are some of the most organized and smart protesters. Did you see what they're doing with the uh, the gas cans? The tear the gas. Tear gas? They pour water pour on, water it. on yeah. it. Um, actually, very uh, very it's, inspiring. And, and then on top of that, again, you actually have this in the show notes. Naraj pointed out why cashless societies are terrible. Uh, the protesters they're so afraid to be uh, to be identified because the, the police in Hong Kong eventually upgraded. Uh, the protest from a protest to a riot. So if anybody were arrested, they could have done jail time. And uh, the way you're able to track people via their their MTA cards, their and the cameras and the cameras. So they all had face masks on. And well, it's good because they wear the air pollution masks, right? So they're like, oh, I'm just protecting from air pollution. I'm not trying to cover my face. Yeah, um, but they were they were for the first like you never see apparently in Hong Kong you never see people actually using cash to buy tickets for yeah, the, the train the station. Octopus cards is super easy because yeah. I was just there in January. Yeah. So what was it like? It's pretty crazy seeing it on TV. And about TV, I don't watch TV. Seeing it on like the computer and <laughs> video computer. Um, I I think first of all you see you know Hong Kong is like a super connected society, right? So so they've learned. Not only from their own protests, they had uh, the Umbrella Movement uh, a couple of years ago. In 2014. And, that, and it's important to, to talk about the Umbrella Movement because the Umbrella Movement was over the fact that mainland China, the people, or excuse me, not the people's back of China, but the, the Xi regime wanted to have uh, a sort of a screening of the politicians that would be elected in Hong Kong. So that was like the first step of maybe trying to posture to get people with it, like to sort of Trojan horse people into Hong Kong. And now that precedent could have led to, to this law being passed. I'm not sure if the, that law ever got passed after the umbrella. I think, I think I'm not, I, I'm not positive either, but I'm pretty sure people's Republic of China won most of that shit. Yeah. Um, so this, I, is, so this is the next iteration and do a little Hong Kong history. Hong Kong was leased by the, uh, the British Empire for 99 years between it wasn't like a real lease because like the British owned that shit and then as like penance yes they said well we'll just lease it from you we'll give it back to you but we'll lease it for 99 years and then they were turned in like 97 I think officially yes yeah um but again so and then since then China said it's like uh, what was the saying like two nations 
or, or I, I don't know. It was like they have like a two government rule or whatever. Um, the idea was that it was going to be separate yeah. and like autonomous. But everyone it's obviously that's bullshit. And they've slowly creeped in and creeped in. And uh, I mean, you see it. You just see it like interacting with people from Hong Kong. Um, like they know this is coming. Like people were getting censored after um, and threatened after the umbrella movement and how that went down. And I, I, I mean, I remember saying to myself, like, it's pretty amazing to me that this is such a expensive real estate market. Like I can't even imagine, like imagine owning like a $60 million building and just like at any moment, like the people's Republic of China can come in and make it worthless. Yeah, there was actually a really good Real Vision interview that came out last week. Ral Paul from Real Vision interviewed Kyle Bass. Uh, and Kyle Bass basically explained his, his investment thesis for a short Hong Kong play and went into the, the, the real estate fact. And he, and he mentioned towards the end of the, the interview that he, had, he has a bunch, bunch of uh, uh, Western friends that have been living in Hong Kong their whole lives who have, for the first time, sold their houses and moved because they're so afraid of this stuff. So, uh, Yeah, even just living there, let alone investment, like I can't imagine. Especially with this extradition yeah. clause. Like if that yeah. gets like... And it was like kind of like... It was separate. Like we went through different customs. The customs was super easy. You know, the currency was pegged to the dollar. But like at the same time, like in the middle of the city is like a massive communist building. You know, like how can you escape that? Like they're like right across, right across the way, handling everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is it. Just highlights a use case for Bitcoin. Uh, oh yeah. Like if I was uh, in Hong Kong, like. Can you imagine, like, you keep money in a bank account or WeChat or something, WePay? Um, you know, I think there was an article in the BBC that Niraj posted recently about talking about how WePay is, um, how prevalent it is that if you get blocked from WePay, like, you just, like, disconnected from society there. So, like, imagine you have, like, your savings in there. They, they catch you on a camera or they catch you using your octopus card in, like, a protest zone. And they just take your money to just block your money. Um, like that's where Bitcoin really shines, right? Like that value prop is clearly obvious. Like, do you want to have your money stuck in a, in a building that's like on land that's right, you know, next to the people's Republic of China that's bearing down on you? Or do you want to have it, um, transportable anywhere around the world? Uh, completely words on a piece of paper. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and this, so this is just, we just spent a good amount of time on that. That's just one macro story that we wait, wait, touched but on. I want to continue here. The two things that were interesting about this protest is not only did they, um, learn from their past protests, um, but they're so inter they're so such a connected society that they were able to learn from like pretty much any protest that's ever happened, like from through the internet. Um, one of the things that's interesting about Hong Kong is even though the, in, in mainland China, like the internet is censored in Hong Kong, it isn't, um, you know, it's probably like all surveilled, but it's not, it's not the full firewall, Chinese firewall. Um, and a lot of the coordination was happening through telegram and they're, they're operating in telegram group chats. And you have to keep in mind in telegram group chats, like you're only as strong as your weakest link. Like anybody in that group chat, if it's a public group chat could be like a mole or screenshotting or just have bad security, their phone could be owned or something. Um, and on top of that, so not only is there reports of the Chinese having moles inside of the Telegram group chats, um, 
Telegram experienced a DDoS last night where they were just getting hit super hard from Chinese IPs taking down their servers. Really? Yeah. So, so they're retaliating. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was cyber warfare uh, during a protest to, to try and quell protest. We live in interesting times, man. What the fuck? It's crazy. Yeah, you got. This is like the kind of shit you have to like work into your threat models when you when you talk about these systems. Yeah, no, and it's and again, that's another Ben I wrote earlier this week. Is like it's hard to be a skeptic out here. Like the concept of a perma bear, and obviously Bitcoiners are inherently skeptical. And and are let's be honest, we are talking and buying Bitcoin because we think uh, there's a potential for a financial calamity or not calamity. There's potential for Calamity, yes, but uh, tumult in the future. Um, but again, just looking around the world right now, there's so much going on. Like today even, that may, that's the next part we'll go in the macro talk. Like the Strader Hermuz, uh, there was a, a tanker that was bombed. And right before we went well, on... Yeah. Right before we went on air, uh, Pompeo, what is he, the Secretary of State? I think so, yeah. He came out and then blamed it on Iran. So like those are that's just inherently in my mind... Uh, I hate it that it is this way, but I'm just like inherently skeptical and false flag is the first thing that comes to mind. It's too, too perfect. We're in a trade war with China. They're saying it was a torpedo from Iran, right? Yes. Um, we're, we're in a trade war with China. Uh, if oil prices go up during a trade war that benefits us significantly at the same time, our biggest ally in the middle East is Saudi Arabia and they really don't like Iran. So there's, so it could be like a Saudi false flag. That as well. And then on top of that, like, why the fuck would Iran just bomb a random oil tanker? What does that get them? Exactly. I I mean, maybe, I mean, the real reason um, the U.S. and the Saudis want to attack Iran is because they have some of the cheapest uh, Bitcoin mining costs <laughs> in the world. It's true. It's true. a good motive. It's a good motive. That's what the future wars will be about. Yeah. <sighs> I guess that's what they're about now because it's all about energy. Yeah, but. So what happened to the oil price? The oil price went up, right? Let me check Finviz. It, it has to go up in this situation because that's one of like the main channels, right? Yeah, it's the the straight of weight needs it too, right? The straighter Hermes is the the busiest canal or excuse me, uh, waterway in the world. That's where a lot of the oil trade goes down. Bus- busiest waterway for oil in the world. Right. Yeah, crude oil is up to fifty-two today. So it went up. It went up. Nothing crazy. Do you remember when it was like in the hundreds? Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, I was in high school, yeah. fucking driving to school every day. They said it was never going to be under a hundred again. They like did the Charlie Shrem tweet, but for oil. Yeah. So oil today. Yeah, oil was up. Yeah, it was up like one and a half percent, two percent today. Yeah, it's got to go up on that news. Yeah. Two. Two. It's so 225 bips today. Well, we'll see what information comes out. Yeah, we'll see what comes out. I hate that I'm inherently skeptical about it, though. Well, you know, it also boosts it boosts ratings going into an election cycle. Yes. That, yeah, a lot of... But are you tired of being a pawn in these geopolitical games? I get, Trump wants to be, like, a wartime president. You could tell. Yeah. No, and, and Pompeo, I'm pretty sure he's, like, a, a war hawk as well. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't really know much about him. Here do I. I imagine so. Give peace a chance, people. Everyone's give, a war hawk. Give peace a chance. We'll get on from the Strader Hermuse. Uh, Italy uh, today announced that they proposed a, in their Congress or their government, whatever they have, 
proposed a bill that would tax people's safety deposit box or in savings in banks, just as retail deposits in Italian banks are hitting like uh, like recent all time highs and or recent highs, excuse me. Uh, and again, this is another sort of raging hot like so where throbbing. should where should Italians keep their money, Marty? There's no is anywhere safe. So they just take out cash and put it in there underneath well, I, their mattresses. I heard about this crazy Internet money called Bitcoin. <laughs> a lot of the nerds are picking it up and, and store money there. I don't know. It's too volatile, though. The price is up and down. You never know where it's going to be. You got to know how to use a computer. Everyone says they want a stable coin. But really what you want is just a coin that always goes up in price. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, in all seriousness, seriousness, though, you want a coin that you know you have possession of and that you have control of. And nobody can take it. So a lot it's of huge. It's huge for 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 Italian. If I was Italian right now, what I would be doing, I mean, I'm fucking American and what I'm doing is trying to accumulate as much Bitcoin as possible. But that that's what I would be doing if I was an Italian, if I was in Hong Kong, but let's, if let's, I was in Iran. Let's just walk through the absurdity of attacks on safety deposit boxes. Like you're talking about literally going in and raiding people's savings. But how does that work? Are they like market selling my diamonds? Like how does that? Maybe like, they're maybe they're uh, getting like an uh, evaluation firm or something to, to to value the amount in your safety deposit box and then sending you a tax check after but, that but they're not doing it right away right they're not doing it yet right no it's proposed so like who would be an idiot like are isn't everyone just are the banks just like packed with people going to their safety deposit box like if i read this article like there'd be not i would just leave them a note like hi <laughs> if we have any italian listeners out there that have run to a bank today please let us know is this uh is this noise is this fluff um or is this something that scares you? That's going on. We're not even done yet. Wait, wait. And they also, they can't print their own currency because they're in the oh. EU. So instead, they're coming out with the, this quasi-currency bond thing, right? An iBot? M-Bot? M-Bot? Aren't I-Bot? they called M-Bots? I don't know. But it's, it's like this, it's like a mini bond. I think it's M-Bot because I think it's a mini bond. If that's possible. Yeah, it's just like an overt... But you can pay taxes with it, and you can pay other expenses with it, which is like what a currency is. So they're like get it's like a loophole around being able to print their own currency. They can pay their taxes with it. That sounds like legal tender. Yeah, exactly. But they're calling it. A, I'm pretty sure they're calling it a mini bond. Interesting. Interesting. Strange times we live in. Strange times we have in. So that's Italy. Let's go north to Germany. Uh, the German ten-year bond is trading at negative twenty-four bips. Uh, earlier today and has been treading water in negative tor- territory for the last couple of weeks as its biggest bank, Deutsche Bank, uh, reaches historic low stock prices. And it's just another example of, and that's the second European country we've talked about, of of somewhat precarious situation in the financial markets out there. Like, all is not well, particularly in the euro. Euro might be the place to start. It might start in Germany with Deutsche Bank. Um, obviously, the Italian government is underfunded right now. Is looking for ways to fund their their wasteful ways. Um, they've decided to go after safety deposit boxes. Um, yeah, and then now we have the Federal Reserve here posturing like they're going to cut rates in in upcoming meetings. So that means more all time highs, right, Marty? <sighs> we got to show responsibly here. It probably means it probably means no. I'm saying for the S and P, like oh, they cut oh, rates. Oh yes, oh yes. 
the market's going to probably keep going up for a little bit more, at least. Yeah, when Bullard came out last week and and postured like he would he would like rate cuts, the uh, the market rallied. So like rate cuts are probably good for Bitcoin, right? We'll see. We'll see. In both the short term and the long term, because the short term rate cuts are good because it's just expansionary and uh, there's more loose money and people are putting it into a risk investment like Bitcoin in the developed world. Yeah. Right. And then in a long term, it will lead to probably like some kind of financial calamity. Um, and Bitcoin, how do you think Bitcoin responds in that situation? Bitcoin probably, I, I would say that Bitcoin would probably get fucked a little bit in the beginning and be sell off and then but but long term it would actually accelerate probably in that situation as people flock to it as like a safe haven well this is what we we're talking about at lunch too right so like oh wait like we have another oh wait this is jumping and trying to jump into and have a thought experiment about the psychology of the markets like so yeah if the fed if the fed does cut rates in, in an upcoming meeting it means which they will which they will it means that they had Three and a half years, I believe. Maybe not even three and a half years, but three and a half years of tightening, of raising rates. Uh, after slightly, slightly after seven and a half years of the most aggressive monetary expansion the world has ever seen. Um, so they couldn't even like they they expanded the the monetary base for seven years on end, and are only three and a half years after that expansion from 800 billion dollars to 4.3 trillion dollars we're we're already having to to revert course um that does not seem healthy to me no it's not healthy. we've never been in this situation before yeah nobody knows what happens next and so and going back to the psychology of market so 08 uh that crash obviously we had occupy wall street we had the bailouts i just think this time around if there is something on par with 08 or god forbid magnitudes of order worse uh, the collective psyche is going to be different. There's not going to be an Occupy Wall Street. There's going to be what is the tangible solutions that exist that we can turn to. And, I, and Bitcoin obviously presents a shining uh, opportunity there. I don't know. Does Bitcoin really dump off in that situation? Like not that much, right? Like who's who's selling? Who would be selling? I wouldn't be. Well, obviously we wouldn't be. But like I, f- I feel like we should put ourselves in the shoes of other people because we're more diehard. Do you think people would revert like all the way down to like necessities so. of land, water, and, and bullets? I mean, we've already shaken out so many weak hands in the run from like twenty down. Like I think it would have been really bad if it happened at like eighteen or fifteen or something. Right. We could have gotten into like a way bigger dump than what we've already experienced. But the fact that we've shaken everyone out, shaken out so many people over this last bear market and it hasn't collapsed yet. Like it would it would actually I guess. It, so what I'm saying is like I feel like if it collapses during a bull run, it'd be better like the beginning of a bull. The best time would be like the beginning <laughs> of a bull run. Right. It depends what part of Bitcoin cycle, like in the halvings and stuff. It could time up perfectly where just right. like an inflow of assets into Bitcoin at a time when the markets are turning makes it seem like a safe haven. People rushing. Yeah, exactly. It. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Like if we're already like in accumulation mode and moving up, um, like the halvings right now is like a year away. Um, that 
if it hits at that point in the cycle, it could be uh, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. And we must also stress that we can't time this shit. We don't know. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? That's why stacking sats is a thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm not talking about timing the Bitcoin price, or I'm talking about talking like if shit hits the fan on the Oh, no. I've been calling this shit for like five years now. Yeah. So that's what it's due. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, no, that was about 20 minutes of macro talk. There's a, a lot going on in the world right now. There's a lot to be paying attention to. Yeah, definitely. If you're thinking in your head, I just watched a big short. I'm going to go on one of those sites that lets me short the S&P 500 with Bitcoin. Don't, don't do, do that. Yeah, no. don't do that. You're just going to lose your Bitcoin. No, especially if the Fed starts cutting rates and printing money again. Yeah, right? it's just going to go up. So don't do not do that. Definitely don't do that. Uh, um, all right, on the Bitcoin topics, let's start with... Uh, let's start with uh, GoTenna and TXTenna and Richard Myers, what they've been working on. Oh, this is a big deal. Global Mesh Labs. They launched Global Mesh Labs, which is... Uh, an initiative to sort of open source their lot 49 protocol, uh, which basically allows, or excuse me, incentivizes people using GoTennas to, to relay messages, uh, with lightning network payments. It, it, yeah, it pays you, it, it pays you to relay uh, messages. Yeah. Be a relay node in a mesh network Yeah, or a bridge node if you're connected to the internet and then push it out separately. Yes. Um, so, which is badass. It's badass. And That's the main issue we have. Like why, you know, plenty of people buy Gotenas. They're like, Oh, I'll go to the ski slopes. I can connect to, you know, my friends who are within a couple miles. It bounces off of each other. They're like, that's great. But then when you actually talk about, um, using it as an alternative to ISPs that might be censoring you or might be unreliable, uh, it becomes a real problem because you need people to be running like always on relay nodes and the bridge nodes, which go to the internet afterwards, right? Um, so this this is a protocol that will hopefully um, enable, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done, but hopefully enable people to get paid Lightning, through Lightning, get paid Bitcoin to run relay nodes. Pretty fucking badass. Yeah, and they didn't have to spin up a, a token to do it. They're using the Lightning Network. He's been trying really hard. Uh, Richard's a good friend of both me and Marty. He's been trying really hard to make sure that there's going to be no token involved. Um, he does need some uh, Bitcoin uh, improvements on on Core's side. Uh, I know he needs Schnorr to be added. There's something else there that he needs to be added. It might be Taproot. Sigash, no input. There you go. Sigash, no input, mm -hmm. and uh, Schnorr. Yeah. Um, but the, both those are they, proposed. They look like they're, it's going to happen. So, yeah. Um, no, shout out to Richard Myers and team. Uh, we will be sitting down with Richard, uh, in the next week or so to talk about this project in depth. So look out for that episode. Um, again, we talk about this a lot, like ideal idea, uh, decentralization is an ideal that we strive for. And, uh, if we want Bitcoin to be as robust as possible, we need these alternative transaction relay networks and uh this strong incentive to to run a relay node is 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 an improvement on on a, in a, a parallel network to the isp world i fucking love gotenna okay i i fucking kickstarted the original gotenna four of them received them 
No encryption. Zero encryption. I emailed them. This is ridiculous. You need to have encryption on this. The whole point, like one of the major use cases of this is like using it in like censored areas and stuff. It's really important to have encryption. And even if you don't use it in sense, you don't want people just sniping your messages and shit. They're like, we're working on it. We're working on it. They come out with the second version with encryption. Kickstarter that. Right. I get it. I'm like, this would be fucking awesome for Bitcoin payments. I tweet at them. This would be awesome for Bitcoin payments. A year later. They team up with Samurai and they bring Bitcoin payments. Like, that's fucking awesome. Now they're incentivizing mesh nodes with Lightning. Dream it's, come true. Literally the best Kickstarter return I've ever gotten. <laughs> the best. Well, thank you for your contribution, sir. Ah, I'm glad it happened. I'm glad they made their <laughs> they made their amount on the first one. We need to figure out a way to get more Gotenas going. Like, or make it like a more normal thing. Like, just to carry it. I run, I run three nodes. Now. You need to get me set up with a couple. Yeah, let's do it. Because um, it's just cool outside of Bitcoin, even like just being able to use the Go Ten app to send messages. Yeah, it's super off useful. Network. Yeah. Um. Next up, we had we had a uh, this person had tweeted us. They tweeted out um a thread on an at home miner that they're using to heat their their pool. And, and we had a listener that poked us about it. Yeah, and showed us it. Yeah, so um, the miner's enclosed in a metal box that's insulated. There's no heat and noise with foam, and it hangs in the workbench above this guy's workshop. And um, in the winter, it warms his workshop, and in the summer, it, it uh, heats his pool. Yeah, in the winter, it warms his workshop and his greenhouse, and in the summer, it heats his pool. And, like, this is how... This, this, was, this is, like, a cool do-it-yourself at home project. He, he did a thread of how he did it. He made, like cut half his window out, put a piece of wood up, put some air vents out, uh, ran like a hose with water going through it through the box to heat up. But this is the future of, of Bitcoin mining. This is like every building that has a boiler will have um, ASICs in there that are mining. Because the main waste is the waste heat. So if you can repurpose that waste heat and use it for something else, um, you can dramatically lower your cost and you're able to get Bitcoin um, relatively K. You can get it, you know, relatively anonymously. No KYC, nothing like that. Um, you just you just get Bitcoin from the network. So it's it's ex I like I think that as mining uh, plateaus, like I, the problem right now is like you buy an ASIC and it goes out obsolete within like a year and a half. Once those performance improvements start to plateau, you will start to see more applications like this. I mean, he's he's actually using GPUs. He's using graphics cards. Um, but the idea is, is similar. Yes. Um, yes, we're, we're waiting for ASIC commodification. But can, it, it's can, getting here fast. You can't get much uh, lower than 7 nanometers, right? Yeah, yeah they're at 7 now. But, like, they're, but there's like other ways you can do improvements, too, besides just uh, making the chip smaller. But... He's in Germany. Like Germany, I, I'm pretty sure, is some of the most expensive electricity in the world. So he's able to stay competitive because he is being resourceful and using that, that waste heat and, yeah. and me making it not waste. He said at some points, like, his pool got too hot. <laughs> so that's, like, again, like the, the do-it-yourself nature of this seems like something that it could be like a weekend project. Uh, oh no, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's more than a weekend project, but yeah, a couple weekends at least. It seems like it was iterative, you know. Right? He was like, first, I'm heating my workshop, right, and then 
But yeah, it's pretty cool. We're gonna link to that. Yeah, we'll link to that. And speaking of iterative, uh, Zap's been iterating on their product, and they finally released an Android version. Oh my god, I almost bought, and I was like, I was starting to feel like iPhone envy. Does it run on? An, does Zap? Does Zap iOS run on an iPad? I assumed it runs on an iPad, right? I would assume so. I don't have. I almost an iPad. bought an iPad just to run Zap on it. Because I was feeling uh, left out. I love it on my phone. Yeah, exactly. I was feeling really... So anyway, the Android Zap app, the cool story is that it's just, it was just uh, a contributor where I'd been working on it for three months and didn't tell him. It just came out and was like, hey, I've been working on this for a while. Here's the Android version of Zap. That's the crazy thing about the Zap community in particular. So Jack uh, dropped a Medium post with the announcement basically explaining how the Android app came to be and, and sort of touching on the community behind Zap and it's all disparate people who just want to make make it better. Yeah, and then Jack didn't have an Android device, so he had Rockstar Dev like lead the testing. Yep. And Rockstar Dev's he's known for working on BTC Pay Server, correct? That's what I that's how I found out about him. Yeah. Um so cool stuff going on there and then on top of that staying uh, in the wallet slash node space, Samurai has officially come out and announced that they're partnering with Noddle. Uh, they announced their, they, we, we talked about it last week that they open source Dojo. Um, but now it yeah, you can run Dojo on any hardware. Yeah, you, you run to. Dojo on any hardware, but uh, the specific Dojo Samurai device that they're going to release, they're now partnering up with Noddle instead of Bitseed. Looks as if Bitseed is going out of business. Uh, this came, became a, parent on a recent Stefan Levera podcast episode with Samurai, Samurai Wallet founder. Um, Great episode. You should give it a listen. Definitely give it a listen. Um, so yeah, they're teaming up with the, the Noddle guys and you get a Noddle hardware, uh, regular Noddle hardware. You'll have the option to run Dojo in that and then they're teaming up for a special Samurai specific and what are the specs with this? It'll have two discs? Well, the most important thing about the Samurai Noddle, first of all, Two companies I fucking love, so this is fucking awesome. Second of all, the most important spec is that the Samurai Noddle will be red. People want the red box. They're going to get the red box. And then the second spec is it's going to be, there's going to be two SSDs in there. So so it's going to be running in in basically like a quasi-raid type of format uh, where one one SSD will be, always be backing up the second one. So if you do like a firmware update or something like that, it will update on one SSD. And then when all is good, then it will update on the second one. So you always have a backup no matter what. Pretty dope. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. Shout out for the Samurai team. Happy for, for those guys. You guys have been working hard, building cool shit, Whirlpool, Stonewall, um, Dojo. It's, uh, it's cool to see everything come to fruition. They went through a lot of shit with that... Uh, Hosting their own server, their or having their own servers, and, and they just raised a bunch of money too. They raised hundred oh, yes. k. Raised hundred k. So congratulations on Congrats that. Congrats on that. It'll be money well spent, I bet. And um, yeah, if you guys are buying Noddles or have other hardware you want to run Dojo on, it's open source now. Um. Yeah, it's just that that first of all that episode with Stefan and uh, Samurai Dev was fantastic. Just absolutely so fucking bullish. Like, <laughs> we might actually have privacy here. Like we're working on it. Um, the I am definitely going to buy one of those samurai noddles. Just need to have it. Uh, I think that's still a couple months out. 
Um, and I'm just really excited about all this. I, I have not run Dojo yet because um, I don't have an SSD that's large enough. So it's on its way. And then I will talk about it next episode. Yes. Uh, sticking on open source announcements, a uh, good friend of the pod, Neil Woodfine, announced that him and... Oh, I'm going to butcher this. Gyame? Gyame? I can't pronounce shit. Neil and Gyame Verbal uh, are announced their open source Cerebus protocol, which is out there... Uh, as a guide for businesses who want to set up their own Bitcoin storage, uh, as it should be, they're really pushing the, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. Uh, and they're trying to help businesses, uh, with this Cerebus protocol, uh, develop the best practices they can to, to securing their own coins. So shout out to Neil. I love this cause it's yeah. non-custodial multi-sig. Um, like this is where I, I, I think, especially when we see like stuff like the FATFA, uh, regulations coming i guess i don't know if they call them regulations guidelines guidelines coming into play like i think it's actually going to be not only is it better for so many reasons to self-custody your own coins um but it will also be cheaper for businesses to do that uh, because they don't have to deal with all that bullshit and the best way to do that is through multi-sig so it's really good to see stuff like this come out yeah Shout and, out to, yeah, Neil's awesome. So. Yeah, Neil's awesome. He works at Blockstream. And he's able to to work on the Cerebus protocol on the side. Love the Bitcoin culture. It's just people building dope shit. Um, yeah, so go check that out. We'll obviously link to that. Then another cool thing that was dropped this week. Good friend of the pod. Very good friend of the pod. One one of a another beefy Bitcoin boy, Willow Burn, uh, added a cool little upgrade to the Jewel extension that he has, which is. Uh, basically um streaming spends both him and his brother are fucking legends right it's like fucking insane man like we were about to jump into record and he drops this yeah so it's called jewel allowances it's only working on webln right now it's got to be webln compatible i believe which is what will's been uh been building in his division that he announced uh when he did lightning when he did chain code labs lightning week last last year i believe last summer Basically, it recognizes that a payment's going through. Yes. Yeah, so it's the way it communicates with the extension. Yes. Um, and so right now on Jewel, if you upgrade, you can configure allowances. Like if you're on a site that's uh, Lightning Network compatible, like the dime bag on TFTC.io, uh, you can use the, the extension. If you hit buy a thought or get an invoice, the extension will automatically stream that payment and pay it for you. Under your limit, whatever you set as your limit. Yeah, so you set your limits, you set the parameters, you, you can say, I only want to be able to send the transaction out every X seconds, so you can avoid spam attacks and stuff like that. Um, really cool, pushing pushing the UX forward. And this is something we've been talking about a lot, like streaming payments to, to Twitch players or something like that. Or Yeah, basically, like imagine you set... Um your limit for New York, let's say the New York Times charges one cent an article in, in the future, um, well, the, or the price in sats or whatever it is. They charge one cent an it's article. It's a terrible blog. You set your allowance to two cents. Every time you click on a New York Times article, just it hand, it basically just handling it in the background for you. It just pays them the one cent because you've allowed them to just take one cent from you, and then you just you don't see any paywall. It just automatically fucking does it. Yeah. That's Make, fucking badass. Making it seamless. Yeah, absolutely. I fucking love it. No, this is... Oh, 
excuse me. The whiskey is burning my throat right now. It's um, in a great glass, though. So it we has got been that a great going glass. for us. Um, no, Will. We're lucky. Let's just give a shout out to Will O'Byrne here. We're lucky to have him and his UX prowess on Team Bitcoin building on the Lightning Network. His UX skills are incredible. As somebody who likes to fancy himself as somewhat of a, uh, a UX nerd, Will O'Byrne's work really, really uh, gets me hot, hot and bothered. I don't know if that's weird to say. I mean, Will's Will's our swan story, right? Because I, I remember listening to the episode with you, uh, with with both the brothers, uh, with James and Will, and James was representing Bitcoin, and Will was representing Ethereum at the time. And and he, since since he's come over, he's he's absolutely amazing. He's fucking legendary. He's just just fucking killing it. Yeah, and Will, if you're listening, uh, we we need to catch up on this pod. We need to have a a sit down catch up about what you've been building with WebLN. Um just as a note mental note there. Yes, please. Um Matt, is it true that Leo and BNB will be worthless in three years? Well like I hedged myself by saying three years. Like people But yes. I think so. <laughs> right? Like why well first of all, the real question is like You're you're falling into a a tried and two true trap in this space well the only reason i brought it up in the first place was because people were shilling the shit out of fucking leo and they were already shilling the shit out of bnb before leo so i felt compelled for for the uninitiated out there bnb is uh Binance's. binance's native token they launched it through an ieo uh leo is bitfinex's uh native ieo token they launched it after their latest... Uh, they're ICOs. Yeah, they're basically ICOs. You can't just switch the C to exchange and change anything. Yeah, but and they, but they go under the guise of they, they give you uh, they give you fee advantages when using them on each exchange, and they've been like the hot chick on the block. They give you lower fees, and they give you... Well, they can't call them dividends because they don't want it to be a security, so they, they buy back and burn their tokens. Uh, when they when they make profit, which is non auditable profit, like you don't know if Binance made as much money as they said they made. You don't know if Bitfinex said we don't even know if Bitfinex actually raised a fucking billion dollars for Leo when they first started. Like there's no proof of that. You have no idea. They could just say it. Um, they're both centralized tokens, obviously. Uh, they're both tied to the individual exchanges. So my question, first of all, besides, I mean, all our listeners know how I feel about centralized crap, but Besides all that, do you think what are the odds that Bitfinex and Binance are heavyweights in three years? Like that's a long time, right? Like I don't even think I really originally was going to say one and a half years, but everything everything goes longer than you think it's going to go. So I just I added another one and a half. No, we just covered the uh, the the rumor or not even rumors the news of. Uh, Binance starting to KYC accounts out of the blue, and then Bitfinex is obviously under the uh, the crosshairs, the crosshairs of of the U.S. government um, and the Department of Justice. So three years, we'll see. But again, it is a tried and true trap to fall into. These things survive a lot longer than. Uh, well, that's why I made it three years. I added. I officially added. To, I mean, someone asked if I was willing to do the McAfee and bet my dick on it, and I told him no fucking way. Like I'm not going to do that. You don't want to eat your dick, dude. Um, and and someone responded. I forget who responded. They're like, the market can be irrational longer than Matt can keep his dick. 
um, which I appreciated. You are correct. Uh, but but my point is is there's so many risk factors there, whether it's a hack, whether it's regulatory, whether it's compliance. I mean, the thing is, just having the token makes these ex- these exchanges are already regulatory targets, right? Once they start having their own token, they become even juicier targets, right? Because not only that, they're like issuing their own token, they're doing buybacks, doing all this shit. And also Binance like did all this other things to add add val- so-called value to their token. Like they make you like stake it to get access to other ICOs. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You, you can get uh, exclusive access to other yeah. deals and stuff like that. But right? all this shit can be worthless and at... At any moment, you know, like like if if the accounts get seized, stuff like that, it could just be completely worthless tomorrow, and you would you would never have a chance to get your money out, just zero. And like that's a risk that I would never be willing to take, and I think that's a risk that people should realize. Like when people say "not your keys, not your coins," like that also applies to if like you can't cold storage an exchange token. Like if the exchange goes down, you're fucked. It's gone. It's zero. It's it's over. Um, so I, I, I thought it was important to I, I thought it was important to make that clear. What uh what do you think of a future in which I could see Bitfinex getting succumbing to the uh the law finally catching up with it as, as they've been chasing it seems like again they're in the crosshairs and people are determined to bring Bitfinex down in particular. Uh let's go back to Binance. So let's say Binance survives and they, they implement KYC and are okay with that and their customers come okay with that like bnb does survive is it a useful token then so i think they have different risk factors and that's why i did different um that's why i did three years i just didn't want you know there's no room for nuance on twitter so fuck it um but with bitfinex they have more short-term risk factors i mean they're under the crosshairs they literally had 850 million dollars seized from them so like they must 150 million yeah, so they mu- they must be freaking out about where they're keeping their money. How- they've been, I mean, I have nothing against Bitfinex. I'm like, I'm impressed they've lasted this long. And um, they do stick true to the cypherpunk ideals. Yeah, but they've been like hanging on by a thread for like a long fucking time. And like now that they issue this token, savvy, congratulations, guys. But I think it makes the it it, it makes them even a bigger target. Um, it adds even more risk to the whole situation. Makes me want to stay away from it even more. So, so that can like at a moment's notice be whatever. The problem with BNB is users will flock. Everyone said DEXs, 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 and what they were saying was they thought the VCs of this of this industry thought DEXs meant self custody. That's the important part. And that's what Binance Dex offers. They have this Dex they're rolling out. You get self custody, yada yada yada. The real reason why Dexes are important is because of lack of KYC. People don't. People will flock to the exchanges that have no KYC. That's why Binance flourished. Binance will have to implement KYC. They've already started implementing KYC. We have people reporting like locked accounts, face scans required to access their funds. Um, you know, force KYCs at like random people um, and they will have to implement KYC and they appear to be going in that direction. So when that happens, you know, that's what Bittrex had to do. That's what Polo, Polo had to do. 
as this happens, like new upstarts will come up, whether they're, they're DEXs or whether they're not. The important part is that there's no KYC. Those will be the exchanges that will will be the the new altcoin casino, the new place where everyone wants to read the troll box. You know, you don't have a... Tr like, Polo just brought back their troll box. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, you have full KYC. <laughs> and uh, it looks like if I... My uh, Twitter list serves me correctly. It looks like the next exchange behind Binance is Beaxy, B-E-A-X-Y, Bexy. No, they're just they're brand new and they're running a referral token system or something. Are they? A referral referral. I'm not. System. I'm not endorsing this at all. I'm just trying to point out where the trend's heading. But Beaxy has full KYC. I already checked. Do they? Okay. Yeah. Never because mind. the next upstart is going to be one that doesn't have KYC. What's interesting is HitBTC, I think, just launched their own token. Like, the new in thing is exchange tokens. So HitBTC just launched their token, I think. And I think either Bitfinex or Binance is doing, like, a tag team with them where, like, they list their token and the other guy lists their token. Um, so we'll probably see more exchange tokens before we see less. Um, but just keep in mind that these, these have higher risk than even your run-of-the-mill shit coin or something um yeah they're way more centralized they are like literally the epitome of centralized yeah you take on the risk of that the compliance risk of that exchange yeah they're one rate away from going to zero yeah um so that was talking uh exchange coins with matt odell bearish three years leo bnb gone well the thing is the thing is like it might they might very well just like fucking soar you know so that's why i put three years there because yeah. you they're like playing games fucking cz's just like restricting the supply left and right adding new mechanisms to restrict the supply like you can't like so that's why it's a longer term whatever but like intrinsically they're fucking worthless this is a good uh good segue into a conversation we had over lunch too and a good lesson uh to expound upon is is the uh the relationship between liquidity and price we were talking about iota at lunch and um fuck iota fuck iota obviously but like when like, you are so iota had a price run obviously during that 2017 bull market but the, the reason wasn't like the reason was Tangle is the future, Marty. Yeah, the reason was, as we were explaining at lunch today, or talking about at lunch today, like people who took their coins in their own possession, like put it into an IOTA wallet at one point, like couldn't move their coins for a month. So you had a bunch of... It was longer than a month. It was months. Months. So yeah. the reason IOTA pumped was because you had uh, assets in wallets that couldn't move. So those people couldn't sell and the price pumped on exchanges. But really, probably like the biggest holders couldn't, couldn't take it. It was literally dysfunctional. And most people were such fucking idiots that they just never took their coins off exchange, so they never even knew, right? Um, it was like the it was like the one time where like not your keys, not your coins, uh, backfired. backfired. You were actually better off leaving them on exchange because if you sent them out to your own fucking wallet, you're running your own node, it, you were fucked. Yeah, but that price, it's argued that price wasn't like reflecting fundamentals at all. It was a factor that was a completely incompetent protocol that, that couldn't function. Yeah, right. The price wouldn't have gotten that high if you could sell. So don't like kick yourself too hard, I guess. Nah. You did buy IOTA, so kick yourself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did not buy IOTA. But I'm um, just saying the, the proverbial person. The proverbial you to. who fucked himself. The reason I knew was because I had friends come to me and they were like, I can't spend my IOTA. Because, like, I, of course, was, like, 
if you're going to buy the shit coin, you need to transfer it to your own keys. It's really important. So like I ended up running my own node. I like, I, I restored their keys. Like I tried to restore it for them and it just didn't work. No, it it didn't work. I think at one point, like Iota, the Iota foundation just like took all the coins and then they had a KYC to get them. And they were like, well, I'm not going to KYC for that shit coin. And then they just left. They just gave them to the Iota foundation. Which uh, they literally they had a vulnerability and an upgrade, so they upgraded and they just swept all the vulnerable keys and just took all the coins and they were like, "You need to give KYC if you want them back." It's a pretty douchey move. Yeah, it was really fucked up. They are maximalists now, so we have that going for us. Your friends are the IOTA devs. The guys who the the my my two friends who were dabbling in IOTA who I was helping them with. That's what I always say. It's like you got to get burnt by the stove. You know, once you get burnt by the stove, you realize. Uh, the stove's hot. Yeah, Iota was a very hot stove for some people. Very, very hot. That's uh, that's it for the. List. And they're still running their shit. They're like big on partnerships. They always do the partnership thing. Do they? Fuck yeah. Iota. If you see an Iota partnership, uh, just ignore it. I don't know where I was going there. Just ignore it. Tweet stamp. Tweet stamp. Um, tweet stamp. Very great tool on on Twitter dot com. Make sure you make very sure you useful. include the word stamp in your tweet. Uh. That's all we got to talk about this week. What um, got anything to riff on here? We're a little bit over an hour. Yeah, it's something I want to talk about. Oh, Abra. I think it's. I had a lot of people DM me. I think the the stock buying stocks with Bitcoin thing is really useful. Boss. Yeah, we're multiple different countries. It's just really difficult to buy U.S. equities. Um, and like basic ETFs and stuff. So that's like a decent use case. Like I, I still think that they are probably going to get fucked by regulators, but if they don't, that would be badass. Shout out to Abra. Yeah. Paving the way. And that's, uh, again, looping back to the macro talk earlier in this episode. And I wrote about it in the bent this morning too. Like we, we're, we're at a crossroads here. Do we want to allow uh, basically the system that exists in china digital panopticon to be exported to the rest of the world or do we want to work hard to to create open free systems for for future generations and again with all that macro talk with all the tumult that's going on uh around the world right now different locations different scenarios uh i think the opportunity that bitcoin and other open source projects like gotenna uh present is is a golden opportunity that we should not squander uh, don't be afraid. I mean, that's the reason I bring this up is a lot of people are saying Bitcoin's uh, inevitably going to be criminalized. And like I said in the bend, like I don't think we should just bend the knee and roll over so easily. Well, I think it will inevitably be criminalized. Oh, yes. I've been operating under this assumption. If you operate under the assumption that Bitcoin will inevitably be criminalized and Bitcoin has value and will continue to accrue more value, then really you come up with, I need to get as much Bitcoin as possible. Right. And like, that's, that's ba- That was basically my, the- that's been my thesis. It's only till recently where I've been to the point where I, I don't think I, I, to the, I still don't think America is going to criminalize Bitcoin. I just don't think we have our shit together. And I think, um, too many rich people will own it by the time anyone realizes what the fuck's going on besides Brad Sherman. Yeah. <laughs> Brad Sherman. 
He's just staying. He's just like rolling up. At, he's at night. He's like, he can't fall asleep. You know, he's like, oh my God, they don't realize. The Bitcoin's still going on. That internet money. Cause he's still proliferating. You definitely saw on like Twitter and shit that we were all like, he's absolutely right. That's exactly <laughs> what we're doing. Uh, the Brad Sherman staying up at night. Uh, that gives me pleasure thinking of that. Not pleasure, but it makes me happy. No, I, absolutely. Yeah. I hope he's. I hope he has many sleepless nights. Yeah. That would be nice. This is the first time we've ripped a bunch of whiskey on a rabbit hole. Yeah, it's because we got these dope ass glasses from White Rabbit BTC. Shout out to White Rabbit again. Shout out to you freaks for listening. Shout out to our contributors. Shout out to Cash App. Um, shout out to Bitcoin. Shout out to Bitcoin. This is. Yeah, uh, it's a fun time to be alive. There's uh, a lot of shit going on in the macro landscape as well. Stay humble. Stack sets. Uh, I just stole your tagline there, man. I'm sorry. I fucking love it. <laughs> Cheers, guys. <laughs> Peace and love.